0: To Mystic Race podcast number two. And here I am still in Anchorage, Alaska, but leaving this afternoon heading to Colorado. And Colorado, I am not too familiar with the state, but I am going to be traveling around and looking for a valley and a mountain somewhere where I can then build my next healing center in a couple of years. Um, gather some people who want to perhaps um, build a very cool monolithic dome uh, for healing, for sound healing. So here I am again in in Anchorage and with Mike Ford, who is um, the gentleman who is letting me in his room here, his recording studio room. And he has a show here in Alaska, which he's been doing for many years. And we were talking the other day, well, when I first did the first podcast, about some of the experiences uh, that we have had with um, spirit, um, with people, with uh, seeing spirits, not of this world. The first podcast, I introduced myself, I gave you a background of where I came from, and my healing center in Mystic, Connecticut, which I just Um, closed in May. I had that for 11 years. The purpose and reason for that healing center was because in 1987, when my mother was diagnosed with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I was standing alone in my sister's house and praying for my mother to figure out a way how to help her and She was 57 at the time. I was around 34, 33, 34. A beautiful August summer day, 1987. And I said, what are we going to do in my mind, my thoughts? What are we going to do? How am I going to help this mother of mine? And I'm one of eight kids. And I heard this booming voice tell me, you can heal yourself with color, sound, and vibration. Well, I can tell you that I was rooted to the floor. I did turn my head around to see if there was someone else in the room with me. And I said in my head, did I just hear somebody talk to me? And the voice again came in, a male energy, the, male, had the sound of male energy, booming, yes, yes. You humans can heal yourselves with color, sound, and vibration. So, I don't know about you, but that was quite the command, and that was, oh my God, is that you? (laughs) Or who or what is, is that? And in 1987... We didn't have healing centers or sound healing or any of that, even though it is a very ancient technique, ancient, ancient. And I said to the voice, replied in my head, well, where do I go for this? How do I, who's going to teach me this? What's going to happen? Okay, I heard you loud and clear. Now what? Now now, what do you want me to do? What shall I do? Where shall I go? And I heard nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Well, w- <laughs> what, was I, what was I going to do next? I had no idea. I had been transformed. I'd been, I don't know, downloaded in that moment. My entire DNA just got rebooted into another place in time. That voice was sincere, loving, strong, commanding, and it was about sound, color, and vibration, which is what we are made of. Twenty years later, I would build a healing center for color, sound, and vibration. It took me all those years, but I worked steadily towards that goal. And I taught myself, first of all, how to get out of my relationship with with the man that I was with, the man that I was with, and that material world. And I read and I journaled and I went to as many things, listened to many people talk about quantum physics, talk about spirit beings, talking about we really don't die. And it was um, quite the education that I was giving myself so that I could fulfill that voice's command or at least try to figure out how to work that. And and Mike when I was telling Mike here about some of my experiences and how that all came together and how I did prove that we are made of sound color and vibration and that when we are in a higher vibration we are when we are in our love and our joy being We are almost, we can do anything in the world. It's it's a very powerful, loving place to be. Peaceful and powerful. So Mike was telling me some of his experiences, which I thought were absolutely amazing. Because isn't that what we are here in body to learn, to understand that we are not just these bodies here? These bodies get sick. These bodies go through hell, man. And we put them through hell uh, individually and collectively. And so we need to learn how to heal ourselves. And whatever higher power you would like to call the light, God, love, um, they're, they're, that exists a long time ago, uh, someone told me that science is moving toward proving the mind of God. Now, that's pretty cool. And I think that that's what we are doing. I think we've been saturated with the word G G O D, and it's been just misinterpreted and uh you know, blasphemy, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we got to get back to um, the true God essence, our higher selves, the power of who we are, in the light and love of who we are. And we experiment with that, and we take steps to change our lives through the, the understanding and the faith that we really are of this higher power. And I don't know about you, but when you hear stories from people that have been on the other side, and they come back, 99% of them tell you how beautiful and magnificent it is there and that they don't really want to come back, Uh, but then some are given a choice and some are not. But don't you think it would be so much easier for us to live in these bodies that we have chosen On this earth plane I call it planet station earth if we knew that we really did not die if we knew that we were eternally loved by the creator so this is what we are going to talk about today the third podcast I will talk about the ethereal operating room that I had in mystic where I proved to myself and all others that came into the healing room there, or indeed in, in the whole house, that you can hear sounds from the other side, sometimes voices. It is always about love and the joy of being on the other side. It's always about that we are not alone here on this earth plane. When I had my teepee, my chakra teepee, um, when we really got going, everybody was drumming, some would be playing uh, shakers, and, and we could hear flutes uh, from above. So it, we are in co creation. Nothing we do or say. Uh, It's not, it's it's done with with co-creation. All of our thoughts and every, all of our thoughts have frequencies. And so the negative frequencies have a particular frequency, our negative thoughts and positive thoughts have different frequencies. If we could see the frequencies of our thoughts and we could actually see our auric fields, you know, which you can learn how to do that, by the way, (laughs) you can learn how to do a lot of things. That's how I, that's how I did. I didn't have a near-death experience. I I didn't get my body to an illness or myself to an illness where I would have to then start to, you know, unwind everything. I had the experience of praying for my mother, and then that voice came in, and and told me, "Okay, you guys." <laughs> and I thought, "All right, then." So Mike, Mike and and has had experiences a couple in particular, that showed him that there is indeed a life, eternal life. And I, w- I would like him to share a couple of those stories.
1: Hello. <laughs> so when my mother was um, diagnosed with terminal lung cancer after smoking for 54 years, uh, which was no surprise to any of us, including my mother, But she took it very stoically, and so we went home, and uh, after a long evening of just kind of hanging out with my brothers and our our respective wives, I went to bed. And all around me were family members, uh, some that I knew, some that I didn't, who had passed on.
0: Were you asleep,
1: Mike? I, I thought I was, but in this vision slash dream, whatever it was, I was aware that I was in my bed, and they were all around my bed, and while they didn't actually speak to me, this amazing sense of peace, which I'm feeling right now, came over me, and it was just basically, hey, you know, she's going to be with us soon. And it's going to be okay. And you know, and this is when I decided there's really no hell, because the hell raising part of my family was in this room as well, <laughs> and I don't think they give day passes. Is... <laughs> so I, uh, and I was able to have peace with that, and be be more of a comfort to my other brothers. Um, did you, you know, tell them? I did tell them, and they just kind of gave me a look. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that has. I've always been kind of the out there brother, so um, as far as being receptive and open. Do you things, remember
0: how long it lasted, or, or did you were you able to hear some of their thoughts?
1: I was not able to hear their thoughts. The like I said, it was just this overwhelming feeling of warmth mm. and happiness and joy, and every time I recount it. I, I can reclaim a portion of that. Now, the, the most interesting ah. part of this dream to me, or vision or whatever it was, was the fact that there was um, a man and a woman in their 20s, and I recognized them to be a, my brother and sister who had passed away when they were babies. I never knew them. They died before I was born. But in this dream, I knew exactly, or vision, I knew exactly who they were. And so that, that has stuck with me and I can still see their faces. You know, it's just right there.
0: So you know that they're not in the graves or they're not there. They are there. mm -hmm.
1: They're there with all of them and they're waiting. Yeah. You know, they're waiting for us to, to cross over. Um, my other, my other vision slash dream like this came after my dad had passed away. Uh, And it's interesting because they both passed from smoking related illnesses and both at 74, my dad was three years younger than my mom. So he lived another three years afterwards. Um, but in that dream slash vision, we were at my aunt's place, which was like my favorite place on the planet. It was on this Island I grew up on in Washington state and we're at the end of my aunt's driveway and we're in this dilapidated Dodge Caravan that I owned, that my poor brother was always working on to keep running. <laughs> and in this um, in this vision or dream, my dad and I are sitting in the back seat of the van, and my dad is my age. We're both young men in our thirties, and he goes, "Well, it's time to go get your aunt's mail." And so he reaches forward and. Starts the van, puts it in gear, and sits back by me. And I'm thinking to myself, are you nuts? And just as I'm thinking that, the van does a U-turn. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but my my aunt's place was on the water, and we went over a cliff. (laughs) And so the van (laughs) smashes into the water. And as it does, my dad is grabbing a hold of me, and we hit the water, and he's laughing and laughing and laughing, and then I wake up.
0: Oh, my goodness. And
1: that was just amazing. And I I love that one, too, because, you know, and it just reinforces, we're only here for a short time. You know, don't worry. You know, we're here to do something. You know, just, you know, listen, try and be the best you can for others. You know, and that's what I always, whenever I'm having those kinds of days, like we all have, you know, I'm able to just kind of, Try and be quiet and contemplate those times and other times when I've had, you know, just you'll look in the sky and and you'll see a cloud. And I've done this a number of times throughout my life. I'll see someone that I've loved. I'll see them in this cloud. I'll see their face in the cloud. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, nobody else may see this. Maybe it's just for me. Thank you, you.
0: Are you thinking about that person at the time or just you just no, happen to be looking no, up?
1: I'm not, well, there's been a couple of times. Um, I mean, uh, I go back to when I was a younger man and I had an obligation. And I was to go. Uh, so this obligation, um, I kind of. Forsook, forsook if that, I don't know if yeah. that's, uh-huh. I, I, sure. I didn't fulfill my obligation because I got involved with a, a lady and uh, she was going to have my child. And so I left my obligation. Another person stepped into that obligation, a young, vibrant woman. Uh, and as part of that obligation, she got on a plane and everybody that got on that plane perished. And so, uh, on my way to a celebration of her life and with another friend, um, cause this is, that was really hard for me to fathom why, sure. you know, why am I still here? This young lady was gorgeous, educated, helpful. I mean, she had already been in the Peace Corps. She had already done so many things, you know, she was wise beyond her years and Just an awesome, awesome person. And you think, I mean, if this person had lived, you know, would they have become like a president or a senator or an astronaut or some sort of world peace movement person, you know, that caliber of um, amazing um, life. And, And she wasn't. She was gone. And as I'm on my way to the celebration of life with this other gal who had known her as well, we looked up at the clouds and there was her face. Oh, my God. And I was so thankful that my friend who knew her saw it too.
0: Oh, that's wonderful to have a witness. Yes. Yes.
1: And so um, uh, it was you know so we went to that celebration of life and her father was there the young lady that had passed and he took me aside and he said it was her time just live the life the best life you can you know and i'm like you know now that i'm the father of 3 i can't even imagine if that had happened to me pulling someone aside and being but that was just the caliber of human being that she had come from, yes, quite so, evident, right? You know, it was it? obvious to me, you know, that 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 uh, that acorn hadn't fallen far from the tree, you know, that that was who, the essence of of who she was, and so, you know, now I'm now going full circle, and coming to a place in my life where I'm a grandfather, and that daughter that. I left early for, um, has led me through some other journeys, you know, so things become clear at times, you know, sometimes we're granted the gift of a curtain being pulled back to see the why other times we won't be, you know,
0: and to be given the, the courage and have the courage to turn your life around right. and accept the gift of life that came back around. Yes. Again. And I think that I was telling my friend Judy this morning, uh, who's here with me again, uh, who drove drove me down. And, you know, I said, um, you know, we we don't have to wait until we're at death's door. Right. Uh, and And we should be seizing all the opportunities that are coming, you know, our way at any time. The pay it forward or pay it back or these things are... They're extremely powerful. Do you remember the story of? Oh, there's many, many stories, but the story of someone in a line at Starbucks that bought.
1: Yes, I, I love remember that. Remember that. I love that story.
0: Where did that happen, Mike? I, I,
1: think, Is it, I Seattle. Know. I'd like to say it was Seattle, but I don't. I don't know. But just that whole, um, and I've seen that before, and I've I've never been a part of that. But that's that's the fun, you know, where people will come up to. A fast food thing, and no, oh, they would already got your meal, you know, and so you know, okay, well, I'll get their meal, and you know, that's it. That's it so went cool. on
0: all day, it did, and, and then the people, the employees in Starbucks there said, "We got to call somebody. We got to tell somebody about right. this," and so they called a the radio station or whatever. Yeah. Who then it went viral.
1: Yeah, but I mean, and and you look at how you know, in in the in your last podcast, you'd mentioned about the ego and. And when we can just let that go, and it's interesting with the flooding uh, this last week, and seeing how it's crossed all ages, races, and uh, people are helping each other, you know. So and that's, but it shouldn't take disaster a natural disaster, you know. But perhaps that's the only way that. Uh, a higher power can get our attention at times. But I guess
0: it's in our DNA. Yeah. It really, really is. Because when do we feel right. the best when we are truly right. helping someone else, yeah. not because we have to? Yeah. And and when we're not enslaved to the material world, right. trying to make a living, and 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 doing uncreative work, uh, it, it just doesn't work. And our our whole uh, selves shrivel up and, and it's through the, it's through helping, you know, other people where it really does make a difference and, and it can be reciprocated or it's not, we're not supposed to be attached to these things, right. you know, but the ego has a contract out on all of us. That is exactly right. And, but what is the ego? Well, I'd like to say that it's easing God out, but it is not understanding the power of who you are. How about that? And then, and then seeking that power or try to understand that power. How many stories do we have to read? How much television do we have to watch to to know that the power is not in the material? The power because the material is going to crack up. It's going to fall down, <laughs> including. Uh, that the people that have it, yeah, and there's a huge separation going on here.
1: Yeah, you. Well, this is being the Labor Day weekend. I always go back to when I was a kid, mm. and I would stay up all night and uh, and watch the telethon. And you, you were mentioning Jerry Lewis a little while ago, yes. And I always, you know, I know towards the end of his association with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, he was pretty much um, scorned and and thrown out of that organization, uh, because he became, cons- they considered him to be patronizing and, and this kind of thing. And yet this guy raised billions of dollars to help, uh, to help fight that situation. What and was his
0: motive? In well, the that's, that's
1: <laughs> what you got to wonder, right? It's <laughs> like here, they throw this guy out after decades of, you know, and, and, I mean, even if he was, even if he he did want to take some, whatever, you know, glory for it, you know, does that does that circumvent uh, the the good he did and being a catalyst for that kind of thing? But you know, you wonder about that too. And it's like I've been a part of situations like that. It's like, um, you know, am I in it? And why am I doing this? Am I hoping to get an acclamation? Am I hoping to get an attaboy? Or am I just doing it because it's something, it's the right thing to do?
0: Well, how does it make you feel?
1: Yeah. Well, it always makes me feel great, you know? Right. Uh, it always, to, to be able to be at the right place at the right time and know that it's not, I mean, all these gifts I've been given, you know, I've been able to do this. I, this is the one thing that I've known. That I, I can do.
0: The one thing you mean. Broadcasting. your Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. You have
0: a very, very, very nice voice. Well, oh, thanks,
1: but it's not of me.
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: You know, I mean, I mean, all of these skill sets, the opportunities. Yes. You know. Yes. I mean, the fact that you two came here.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I, I get a call from a friend, right, who's just the most gracious and wonderful woman. Teresa is. And I don't know if you guys have actually. We have not. You don't even her, know her. You don't no. even know her. But a friend of a friend. So a friend of a friend wants to do a podcast. Can you help them out? Yeah. Okay. No, I got some time.
0: Yes. Well, look what's come out of it. Now I'm in a professional recording studio.
1: Right.
0: I, I bought a mic at Best Buy, a big, heavy old mic. I dragged it up here and I bought some headphones.
1: Well, you're still going to need those for wherever you end up.
0: And I said, oh my God. God here it is already set up and here's this fantastic person who who said yes and he invited me back for the second podcast and I said only if you will share your story because it's a good one and it's going to continue and I'd like to ask you Mike how would you like it to continue what would you like to know in this from the spirit world what would you like to see happen how would you well, want to communicate
1: I guess the thing that I'm most curious about, because I want to get over the ego. I want to get, you know. I keep having these feelings that I'm supposed to do more with it, right? And it's kind of like, if I mean, obviously, it's it's the two sides to the coin, right? The one side is, you know, my brothers say that I have uh, at, <laughs> I think one time my brother told me I have a Jesus complex. What? <laughs> Because What's I that? want, because I want to help everybody. Oh, oh. Right. Okay. And so it's like, you know, just help yourself, bro. You know, but I, you know, or, or the feeling that I have that, those gifts to help as many people as I can, you know? And, and yet, I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not good at finances. Okay. Okay. We don't even want to go into that on. No, let that's podcast. not going to that. That's either. not. That's not part. But, but I don't want I'm to
0: catch sa- any of that back right, again. Right.
1: Well, but but <laughs> what I'm saying, but but, so I guess if if you were to ask me, what is you know, I I guess where can I take these gifts to the next level, would or am you, I even supposed to?
0: Would you like to be able to hear? Would you like to? be able to be in connection to your higher self? I mean, would you like to be able to see auric fields? Would you like to be able to make things move? I I, I I
1: had never thought I'd never contemplated any of that. I guess, I guess for me it was just the vision that I've always been given or the thought process I've always had is that I'm supposed to take these gifts and let other people have a voice.
0: Oh, I see.
1: And that's always been, in my mind or in in my heart you know that that i'm supposed to take this gift i've been given and help other people be heard um you oh know.
0: you were you were talking about taking um, equipment and mic around uh around
1: yeah and yeah and do shows from different communities because of the so much negative you know
0: and what what were you going to uh Elicit, you know, I guess people. it would
1: be like, you know, hey, Mr. Johnson, uh, wow, you've carved all the presidents out of those matches, matchsticks. Sorry about the fire. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I mean, just, you so know, people people's have stories and people, people's yeah, lives. Everybody's and, got a story. Yes. And how many get to be heard? You know, yes. who gets to inspire? Who gets to reach out? Where's the, you know, where's the moment to, to just settle down? And hear about somebody, you know, and let them share what what they've been, their gifts. What what have they been able to do? You know, what would they love to do? I mean, my dad was a tugboat guy. Oh, okay, cool. yeah, but but he had so many other aspirations that I didn't know about till he was, had almost passed away. You know, he wanted to be um, um, an inspector, a building inspector. He wanted to even make the places safe for people. You know, but he. He also, he also uh, you know, had a lot of things going. He, he was um, a twin at birth, but his twin died at birth. And it was just, my dad had a phenomenal story that I didn't even get to know until almost the end of his life, you know. But he didn't get to live out any of his aspirations because he made sure that we were safe and we had a home, you know. So there there were these unfulfilled dreams
0: safe within the 3D world exactly. safe within, the, safe material within world. the material
1: world safe
0: yeah. to yeah follow instructions and right. rules and right. you know things that are not It's yeah. all an illusion But he
1: lives on through me mm. you know I'm able to share his voice
0: Was the story that you learned from him be- before he passed about the twin about his twin
1: Yeah one of them I mean There was so much. Uh, I was able to do something really cool. It's so funny how this happened, too. Um, uh, I I got to help bring the St. Jude Radiothon to Alaska years ago, which was such a blessing, and they've raised millions of dollars from Alaska for this hospital in Memphis. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Danny Thomas started this hospital. Yes. Because – he he made a pr- a promise to God, help me make it in show business. I'll do whatever you need for me to do. And so he meets this priest, and they're talking about this hospital. And the cool thing about St. Jude's is nobody pays anything when they take a kid there. That's nobody, still, that's still this, the way it is. Wow. And they don't build anything until they can pay for it. There's no debt at mm-hmm. this hospital. He's buried there, by the way. Oh, But... Anyway, I was on this trip down there, and I was coming back, and this was back a few years ago when cassettes, remember cassettes? Yes. Yeah.
0: I still have a bag full. Yeah, I
1: still have a bag full, too. So I sat down. I had an empty cassette, and I had an extra day at my mom and dad's house they were staying at. And so I sat down with each of them, and I said, go back as far as you can remember and tell me your life. And I was able to put that all together and uh, make a CD later. And after they had both passed, that was a, a gift I gave to my brothers and, and all my nieces and, and, the family. But just, you know, to be able to go back and listen to that now, you know, or hear their story, you know, I think, but, but full circle, that's what I think I'm meant to do is help as many people have their voice heard. At least that's where I feel calm and centered You know, but, but once again, there's this angst and so it's like, well, if you're going to do it, you know, you get out and do it, you know, (laughs) right. But then is that my ego?
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry to have to say that that's, that is, and and there's no judgment there. We can't uh, let our ego go altogether. We just put him in the back seat. Right. I mean, we're standing up here. We are human beings here. So Easing God out means just easing God out in that moment. If there is just love and fear, let's just say there's only two categories. Right. And Gerald Jempolsky wrote about this in the beginning. And, um, there, you know, uh, love is letting go of fear. Love, fear. Everything goes underneath those two headings. So if it's not love, then it's fear. And I mean anger, you know ego all of that is under fear you know we know since we live in a dualistic plane here existence we know the difference of of that of love and fear we're having less moments of love and joy and peace and more moments of fear and angst and anxiety because of the density uh of what's going on here, and that uh, it's a battle here. It's a battle for the souls. I really, really feel that. And I think this battle is happening on all levels. And I think that we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps here and not follow anyone else. Gurus, government people, a physician that tells you you have six months left to live, I I don't believe that I I've seen it over and over again over again when you start to connect to the higher power your higher self and understand the the kind of love that it that you were made of to begin with um and seek any kind of help that you can that you can get um and and and, and get there and don't believe anyone that tells you that you only have a few months to live, or you know you're not going to be able to to do this. You've got to follow your heart, and and I I understand that there's a panoramic uh, review when you get to the other side, and you get to look at everything that you ever did and didn't do, and every thought that you had, and and that you know. So you get just and there's no judgment. It's just there. Right. Um. We could take and through through forgiveness of, of ourselves and put it in the akashic records i mean everything is stored anyway and turn our lives around we learn from those pe- people and and mike it's just um the fact of of just um calming and settling your yourself your mind and listening to the to the higher self your higher power the angst is oh I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, and and God goes. Well, I do. I know what you should be doing. I know where to go. I, I can. I'll take you there. Will you allow me? And there's guardian angels. I mean, there's there is a heavenly power that is not outside of ourselves, which we've been taught that that, that is outside of ourselves. But if you've got some spirit beings coming around your, your bed and ones that you haven't uh, never knew in your body in, in this lifetime, but you knew them, well, what does that tell you? It, that we are really all together. We really don't die. Why are we paying $1,000 to someone who, who were, that can show us what the other side looks like? We can see this ourselves. We can do this ourselves. Are we afraid that we're going to come up against uh, some other goombas floating around out there that are not of the light? You know, <laughs> that's another, that's something to consider as well. But do you know what that is? That's fear. When you believe and trust and say, Dear God in heaven, help me, um, I, I give I, you, you believe that you're a part of of the Creator. Um, please help me, uh, teach me how to pray. I think the angels are always complaining about that we do not know how to pray. You're saying, they're always saying, well, you're just praying for things that belong to the material world. And all of, and, or praying for people that all of a sudden they're, they've got a, a death sentence and you go, oh, please, please. Well, were you kind to that person? <laughs> you, know, you know, straighten out your our, your relationships Finish with the addictions. Finish with with all this stuff, so that we can see what the power of of the light is. I mean, the Hopi's, the Indians, you know, been been saying for years and forever, we are the ones that we have been waiting for, because there isn't anyone else that's going to do it for us. I'm not going to live your life here. Um, you're not going to be living mine. You gave me an opportunity to finally do my podcast, and I'm in a—here <laughs> I am at the top of the world in Anchorage, Alaska, and I'm with you. And you—I didn't know you had these amazing stories as well. Oh. So it is—we're never going to finish with the ego. It's just that the ego has command of our, of our light body, of our forces, not our light, our light body, or what we think of ourselves. We look in the mirror, we go, oh, that's it. Look in the mirror and look behind you Look to the side of you. When you look at people, look just past them. When you look at a flowers or trees, look just past that. You can see the auric fields. Teach yourself how to do this. You can do this. We're all psychics. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, there isn't any one of us that couldn't uh, see what we would like to see, um, you know, uh, open that veil. And so... It is all about meditation now. I think it's going mainstream. It really is. It's coming. We're not afraid now to, you know, experiment. Uh, We should be communicating um, with uh, mental telepathy by now. We should have been learning those things in school. We should have been learning all kinds of things about what our floating uh, living room here, our ship You know, and that we're not alone here in the universe. And all the scientists, all the gurus, they're all figuring out themselves as well. Don't worry about that. You know, so the purest, the truest communication you're going to get is through your own self. And the moment that you decide that you would like to hear guidance from your own higher self, good to go. And it wakes up all the 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 beans your guardian angels that up oh, up oh, okay they they shut off cnn continuous noise and nonsense they just shut it off okay let's go we can <laughs> they opened up another channel and now we can get through all right and believe it or not the light that kind of communication is as strongest that it has ever been and i can tell you that because i've been in it for 30 years i started i trained myself i said to god Either you start talking to me or get me the, you know, that four letter word that I'm not going to say. I said, get me out of here. Get me off this planet because this is hell and this is stupid and this is ridiculous. And I would say to my parents at 10, 10 years of age, 10 years old, I would say, well, you know, what is this? Like, where, where did you come from? What, what's, what are we supposed to be doing, like you said here? Uh, what? And, no, we're going down to the Catholic Church, and the priest that drank too much wine there, you know, through every mass, is telling us, you know, that we have to, you know, our sins and all all that stuff. I'm going like, wait a minute, wait just a second here. This does not even make any sense. And 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 the higher self, the higher power forgives. Just does in one second, you know. And you let it let it all go. You heal, you heal the mind, you heal the body. Heal the mind, heal the body. So it's just as simple as that. And the more you worry about the ego, ego, you invite it right back in again. Right. If that's really what it is. Anything. That's how powerful we are. Anything you give your attention to, that's what you're going to get more of.
1: I recently became part of the largest group that nobody wants to admit they're part of and uh, joining alcoholics anonymous has probably been the best gift god could ever give to me and it's actually been his way to show me how to pray ah because i don't pray for myself anymore i pray for others and i i'm ready to do that 12th step when i need to to help my brother or sister that need things you know so in in using that way of prayer Uh, recently my ex-wife is having a birthday Tuesday and I got a, I got a prompting to get her a card and have both of my children sign it. So my son's been estranged from her mother and I said, I'm sending this card. If you wish to put something in it, I'm mailing it tomorrow. So I get up to do my early morning routine and there's the card on the table and he left it unsealed, so I know he want it was fine for me to read. Oh. And in that he asked for her forgiveness.
0: Wow, oh my God, you see, I told you the <laughs> it's in, in a second in an instant.
1: And so I knew it wouldn't get mailed in time. I scanned it <gasps> and emailed it to her prior to her birthday. So I know she would have it because I was also prompted to do that. I mean, there was such a sense of urgency, See, you know? And so
0: those are your guides, yeah, man. Yeah. Those are your guides. So just, what happened when she received it? Or I there- don't know.
1: She hasn't gotten back <laughs> to me. So she may be still overwhelmed. I mean, there's this whole thing of she is in such a state of unforgiveness of her own self uh, through trauma that she's had for years and years and years As many of us are. As many of us are. And she just refuses to accept that anybody could forgive her. You know, so. And so. She'll she'll have to come to that herself. And
0: no attachments. And that's what makes us feel really, really great. So the ego wasn't operating there. Yeah. And you are being guided because, you know, so. Yeah.
1: So Mm. that was just, that was really a breakthrough. You know, my son, uh, Everybody's like, well, you need to make him get a job, blah, 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 blah. No, his job is to be who he is. I really believe that now.
0: And he's a good kid. How- he's a great
1: kid. He's not stealing cars or doing drugs or any of that stuff, you know.
0: Uh, he's, how old is he? He's 21.
1: Oh, he's 21.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Musical. You know, we adopted him at uh, seven days and just a joy, you know, just a joy. And so I'm just, I'm praying that, you know, if he's supposed to go do his own thing, great. But at the same time, it's like, if he doesn't for a while, it's fine. Right. You know? Right. I'm just, you know.
0: Yes. Well, that's an amazing. Isn't that cool? It it is cool. And look how instant it is. And look, it didn't hurt.
1: Didn't hurt. It doesn't
0: hurt. No. Does it? No. It doesn't hurt. That's a trick. That's a really good trick of the ego. That this is going to kill you to do this. Yeah. This is going to kill you. Look at what that person did to you. Right. Look at what that group of people did to you. Yeah. And and so it's like the ego says, Oh no, no, no. If you if you forgive, then then I don't have control anymore and and you're not gonna live. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. It's like a parasite.
1: And then there's that darn Facebook, right? Oh, You know, I I mean, so I'll I'll, I'll be looking at it and I'm trying not to look at it before I go to bed now because, (laughs) so I see, oh, so-and-so is going somewhere fun. And my immediate reaction is, well, I want to go somewhere fun. How come I can't go somewhere fun? (laughs) Right. And then, and then I pull back for a second and I say, that person worked hard and they're doing something with someone else they love. And they get to and they deserve to go have fun. And I'm happy for them now, but it took that wasn't my initial reaction. My initial reaction is I want to have fun. Why do they get to go have fun? <laughs> right? And it's
0: like well, I think that we never um, we never know the real true story of right. any other person's life for any any reason at all. If you have a car that's passing you, and cutting you off or whatever, they may be trying to get to somebody in a hurry or they just yep. got word for something. And so what does that, why shouldn't we just say bless, bless you?
1: Yes, good luck, hope you make it. You know. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, really hope uh, they make it. No,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I had a friend tell me one time when we were driving on the road and a motorcycle came in the opposite direction, like really 80, 90 miles an hour. And she said, there goes an organ donor. I <laughs> no, was like, "Oh my god!" Um, but yeah, so the ego has a contract out of on out on all of us, and if we are in body, then we have an ego. Right. But that ego, that ego remains. It just we just get to manipulate it, right, and figure this out. And do some very cool stuff, and have these experiences, and have these epiphanies. And when you saw uh, the, the spirit beings around around the bed, you thought, "Well, what are those guys doing there? They were not—they're not supposed to be there."
1: From your and that gave me hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgiven for a lot of things no. that I don't think I would have been.
0: Well, see, so but does that prompt you to, to live the kind of no. life that they No.
1: No, no. no. So Because the other part of those people that I want to live like them is their joy, their their gusto for life. Every one of those people would take their shirt off their back to help somebody else too. So if they you know, yes, they had their thorniest, thornier sides, right? The, yeah. That's not the part that I remember. The part I remember is, Yes. you know, yeah. if, if my arm was hanging by a thread, they're the first one there with a bandage, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's a pretty rough world now. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it hasn't gotten any easier. And I think really that's the creator telling us that this isn't it guys. Right. You know, this is an illusion. Why
1: is it so hard for us to remember this isn't the end destination?
0: No, this is an experiment, an experience. So uh, for me, it's like God says, oh, um, all right, you want to go out and uh, go on vacation or, you know, separate yourself out from me and experiment and see what this feels like? All right, there you go. That's the part of the ego. The ego goes, well, I don't need the creator anymore. I right. don't need really where I came from, even though I knew I'm going back there. My father was full of, of guilt. Um, he didn't want to die. He felt that he was going to be punished every—that's what the religions teach you, right. that you're going to be punished, man, yeah. if you don't you know do this, do that, what have you. And there is, keeps you on your toes a, a little bit. Yeah,
1: but I don't know how— I don't know how anybody could punish me more than I've punished myself. Exactly,
0: that's right. And the teachers actually, the we tell my mother and my father, the teachers in school, they said, "Well, you don't need to punish Colleen at home anymore because she punishes herself enough in the classroom." And so I, I get that. So we have to finish with that. We have to take uh, Yeshua off the cross. I call him Yeshua, you know, and and finish with that. Um, he when uh, part of my. Uh, eth- My prayers and part of my co-creative efforts to be with uh, the feelings of of peace and and power and being with the light is that I feel like I have heard Yeshua speak to me many times. And he'll say to me or a a light being or a guardian angel will say to me, if you only loved, uh, if you only believed that I love you. Half as much as you love me, then you would love yourself unconditionally. So can, can you say that one more yeah. time, please? <laughs> so, I, and I'll give you the circumstance how it was said. It was it was Easter weekend, and there was a group of us, and we I we were, I was drumming. I was the uh, the main beater drumming. We went on a, a, a journey, a meditation a meditative journey back to Jerusalem. And the main theme was for everyone to get a message. So as I'm drumming, you know, the heartbeat, um, I'm saying I'm leading everybody on a journey back to Jerusalem and the streets and the the light and visualize uh, this and visualize that and get a message for yourself for this lifetime here. I took them, We went back two thousand years in our minds, and the moment I stopped drumming, a uh, someone, a, a woman's voice in the room said, "Message received," and it was one of the women's cell phone <laughs> in her pocketbook. The whole idea was to get a message for each one of us, our own individual message, and the moment. The last drum beat hit that voice said, "Message received." and it was but it was of course, traced back to the the pocket uh, cell phone though. the message to me because I love Yeshua, love, 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 love Yeshua, Jesus, if you will, my Baptist Southern Baptist brothers would <laughs> have you know, call have me call him Jesus, Yeshua and Through the meditation, through the guided meditation and the heartbeat of the drum, he said to me, (laughs) Colleen, if you would only believe that I love you half as much as you love me, then you would love yourself unconditionally. So what does that mean, Mike? It means that we're all we're together here. When he, when Yeshua says, "I and the Father are one," and this was the message to give to that woman who had the stage four cancer, you know, you only need to believe this: that you are together that with God. He's not outside. He she is not outside. So so in that moment, and of course, don't forget, this is a very peaceful, meaningful. Uh, visualization journey meditation and the message is given like you were saying we were saying before this is how you're going to get your guidance it's not going to be through what uh, uh, what do I do you know and that's the ego uh, scrambling trying to find you know a reason and so so that message really was so strong and so wonderful it was that anything that I needed to overcome addictions, negative thoughts, uh, anything I wanted to forgive about myself, uh, anything at all, I knew that that He was with me because He 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 and I are one in that in that moment. I mean, so it's a it's a heck of a feeling to know that you're loved, you know, by the Creator. And again, all of these people that have had the experiences of the near death experiences, uh, Anita Moorjani. I mean, my God, she wrote a book called "Dying to Be Me." But Anita Moorjani has been traveling all over, you know, the world, uh, telling her story, and she is just one of many. And I would listen to these stories, and I would, you know, get it into you know your head that. This really is real, and that I mean, you are—you're not going to end up in the ground. You are going to, you're eternal. It's it's eternal, and I think we need to learn how the power to heal ourselves now, and we've got to start shutting things off, man—the television, uh—you know, just all sorts of things like you just Facebook. You're not doing Facebook anymore, right, at nighttime or whatever. I'm trying or,
1: to cut it off at nah. night, yes.
0: <laughs> but what's what's so um addictive about, I mean, what is that Facebook? What's the addiction of Facebook?
1: For me, it's the adventure. I can go all around the world because I know so many people over my, however many years I've been on this planet and they're friends on Facebook. And so I'm living vicariously through their exploits and that's an adventure and I'm an adventurous soul. And so to, to be able to go out and do that kind of thing, But when when my ego starts going, well, I want to go there or I want to do this or how come they get to do this and I don't – then I have to just dial it back and say, hey, isn't that cool? They get to go there. They get to do this. But, you know, the whole thing of I'm just trying to cut off all stimulus, you know, at a certain point before I go to sleep because, well, first of all, my sleeping hours are kind of wacky doodle, so – you know, just trying to get that squared away, too. Yes. So.
0: Well, don't you think this is kind of a miracle and a blessing that we're here together? Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> Absolutely. And once again, you've never met Teresa. No. <laughs> like, right, right,
0: right. So right. That,
1: that really, definitely, Right. you know.
0: And, you know, Lorna Byrne, she's another uh, wonderful um. She's an Irish mystic, and um, she says she's seen angels from the very beginning, Lor- Lorna Byrne. And uh, but she couldn't talk about it for a while because she was uh, dyslexic. And um, the angel said, "Not yet, not yet, not yet," because they would might have put her in a, a place where Yeah, an asylum, mm-hmm.
1: right?
0: Um, so, so she talks about that each one of us have a, have a guardian angel, and she sees them and she describes them. And she's a very humble being. And I think that's part of what the ego hates as well. There is no, we don't do humble. Right? Humble is, uh, and uh, vulnerable are strengths. Humility is, is power. And see, we have to learn that, that humility is power. It's not on your knees, um, you know, bowing to anything at all. Humility is like, oh, I, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. Let me go apologize yeah. for that. Or no, or, or whatever I've done in my life or whatever I am doing right now that I need to stop doing. And there's got to be another way. The entire Course in Miracles, which is an, another whole big, um, you know, great help on this earth plane, was built on uh, Helen Shookman, uh, who was um, in the university in New York. And she wasn't getting along with uh, her, uh, her uh, colleague, Bill Thetford. And they fought and they fought. They were in the psychology department, <laughs> I guess. So they fought and fought. And, and for years, and she said, there has got to be another way. And then she, she meditated and prayed. And then she's a Jewish, and Yeshua came in, and the Course in Miracles was born. Marianne Williamson talks about the Course in Miracles a lot. And in the beginning of the book, it says, um, this is a Course in Miracle. Please take notes. And Marianne Williamson's going. Who's telling me that? Who's telling me? You know, you must read this. Please take notes. So, and it's been it's been very helpful, but also, um, you know, Helen Shookman fought, uh, fought with her ego a lot, a lot. And throughout the entire seven years of uh, putting the Course of Miracles together, there was um, a lot of angst and a lot of that because she'd be. Um, hanging on to Bill Thetford and typing with it with another hand as she was receiving the information. I mean, she is a you know a professor in a university and she's Jewish and Yeshua's coming in and talking to her and she's going, oh no, this can't be right. But it does and it does it does come come to be. And towards the end um, of her life, she she makes peace with the the Yeshua and and she writes she writes a book of poems, and she finally embraces him. But she does do what he's asking her to do and brings forward many, 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 many people, you know, who have studied the course and who are trying to follow, you know, but there are a million books, you know, and but we, oh, we don't need any of them, actually. Uh, I asked um, Ken Wapnick, um, who is a great teacher of The Course in Miracles. He has since passed on. And of all those books, of uh, The Course in Miracles and the teaching tools and all of that, I said, you know, uh, can you just sum up in one line or one paragraph or whatever all of what The Course in Miracles stands for, And he said, yes, God is. That's it. (laughs) And we need to go. And we do need to go. (laughs) And so we thank you very, very much. Um, See, I will be broadcasting from God only knows where. (laughs) Mike, I love you so much, and I thank you so much, and I know we're going to be in touch
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me be part of this.
0: Alright, and God bless. You.